the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He was heading for disaster, and so was anyone who continued to be associated with him. And people who saw this, some people said, I'm going to walk away while a walking is good. These are what we call fair-weather friends. They are friends as long as the weather is fair. And then when the weather turns sour, they can't be trusted to be there. It's very hard when you find out uh, who those fair-weather friends are in difficult times. I have called them in the past business acquaintances versus true friends. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's in the book of John, and we'll continue in the sixth chapter as we present our verse by verse study today. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'm Mike Trout. And we'll roll back just a little bit into uh, the end of what we heard yesterday as we begin today. So the people who were with Jesus this day were those who claimed to be his disciples. But some of them possessed genuine faith, and others did not. Verses 60 through 71 describe the reactions of these two groups, the false disciples and the true disciples, in their response to the sermon on the bread of life. Let's begin our study today at verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Now here it references both groups with the word disciples. The word disciples, methetes, does not... It refers to someone who attaches themselves to a teacher as a, a student or a learner, but it does not imply the learner's devotion or sincerity. And the word for hard is scleros, and it doesn't mean hard to understand. It means hard to accept. Not hard to understand, but hard to accept. Now, the real difficulty of coming to Christianity is twofold. It demands an act of surrender to Christ where he is the final authority, And it also demands us endeavoring to live to a standard, a high standard of of morality in our lives. And, And to this day, a man that refuses Christ often does so not because he's puzzled intellectually, but because he is challenged in his lifestyle choices. Verse 61. But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Now, the word offense translates a form of the verb scandalizo, which can mean either to take offense or to give up believing, and both meanings are obviously appropriate here. The disciples that day, some of those disciples, took offense at what Jesus had been teaching in his sermon, and as a result, they abandoned their superficial faith in him. Verse 62, then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? 
Now, do you remember that in the sermon, Jesus announced that he was from heaven? And one of the things that the crowd says, wait a minute, he's not from heaven. He's from Nazareth. We know where he comes from. We know his dad and his mom. We know about Joseph and Mary. And and so he doesn't come from heaven. And so the implication of this challenge of Jesus was, if you were to see me going back up to heaven, you were ascending to heaven, would would that convince you that I came from heaven? Verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. You know, for people who are fascinated by and focused upon this world and material things, they cannot understand the things that are not seen, the things that are spiritual, and the things that are eternal. They are limited to what they can sense through their five senses. It is the Spirit of God who has to reveal spiritual truths and values to us. It is the Spirit of God who instructs us and teaches us concerning spiritual things. Now, the the word life here is connected with Jesus Christ's words. And earlier in the chapter, life had been connected with the eating and drinking of his body and blood. Now, there's no contradiction because we cannot separate the words and the deeds of Jesus Christ. Accepting or rejecting the words separates true disciples from false disciples. You see, true disciples continue in his word, which abides in them. False disciples ultimately reject his word and his words. To embrace Jesus' words is to embrace him. For they, his words reveal himself. 64, verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe. And who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him from the Father. Jesus knew from the beginning those who were not going to believe. And he knew all along who it was who was going to betray him. Judas Iscariot, the supreme example of an unbelieving, false disciple. Remember earlier in his sermon, he had told his hearers that a person can't come to him unless the Father draws that person. And he reiterates that here so that people are not perplexed when some people choose at this time to not believe. And to walk away. It's impossible for anyone to come to Christ unless the Father provides the grace to do so. You see, we're all sinners. And left to ourselves, we all continue in our sin. Conversion is always a work of God's grace. Verse 66, after this, many of his disciples turned back. And no longer walked with him. After this, from this time, can also be rendered for this reason. And it's quite possible that John here, the the author, meant both. The events of the chapter indicate clearly to us that the people who were listening that day uh, were expecting something else from the Messiah. When Jesus failed to meet their expectations, they rejected him. You see, what they wanted... 
he would not give. And what he offered, they would not receive. Now, there was a time in Jesus' ministry when people came to him in large numbers. Even at the beginning of this chapter, we know there was at least 5,000 men plus women and children. But the tone of things had changed. And there was now a growing hatred towards him that would ultimately culminate in the cross. And in these kind of circumstances, it reveals the attitudes that people have towards Jesus. There was defection. Some people turned their backs on Jesus and walked away and did so for various reasons. Some of the people, no doubt, saw where Jesus was heading. You know, it wasn't possible to challenge the authorities like Jesus did and continue to get away with it. He was heading for disaster. And so was anyone who continued to be associated with him. And people who saw this, some people said, I'm not willing to go there. I'm going to walk away while a walking is good. These are what we call fair-weather friends. They are friends as long as the weather is fair. And then when the weather turns south and sour, they can't be trusted to be there. They were with Jesus as long as his career was on the upward track. And then there were some who shirked the challenge of Jesus. They had come to Jesus for what they could get out of Jesus. And when it came time to suffer and to give, it was time for them to quit. They weren't willing to make the sacrifices. And then there was deterioration. And we probably see this most in Judas. Judas was numbered among the twelve. The twelve. The apostles. He could have become a hero of history. And instead, he is known by those who love Jesus and those who don't as a villain. He might have become a saint, but instead his name is associated with shame and treason. There's a story of, a, of an artist who was painting the Last Supper. And it was a large picture. It was a demanding picture. It took him very, many years to, to paint this picture. And he began with the face of Jesus. And so he went and he found a young man that had a face of purity and loveliness and and brought the man into the studio and sat him down and, and paid him to be the model so that he could use that man as the model of the, of the painting for the face of Jesus Christ. And bit by bit, over the years, he would go and he would find somebody who could be the model for the various apostles, the various disciples. And he would paint their pictures. And at last it came time to find someone who would model the face of Judas. And so he went out into the lowest haunts of the city and into the dens of vice. And at last they found, he found a, a man with a face so depraved and vicious as to meet his requirement. And so he invited the man to come in and paid him to be a model. And as he was finishing the painting of the face of Judas, the model said, You painted me before. Oh, surely not, said the artist. Oh, yes, 
I was the face of Jesus. The years had brought some terrible deterioration. The years can be cruel. They can take away our ideals, our enthusiasm, our dreams, our loyalties. They can leave us with a vision for life that is smaller, not greater. They can leave us with a heart that is shriveled instead of one growing in the love of Christ. Oh my, so many thoughts flood my mind as I think back on the words we just heard from Pastor Leighton Sheely. Poems, sermons, uh, scripture verses that relate to what he has just shared from the sixth chapter of the book of John. If you'd like to share anything with us, you can do that very easily, and we would love to hear from you. Just go to our website at studyversebyverse.com, and there's an opportunity there to comment. Or you can also do the same at uh, the church's website, Church of the Highlands, at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. It is so important to know that uh, you are out there and listening and benefiting from these daily visits from Pastor Leighton Sheely and Church of the Highlands. Again, that's highlands.us and studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout, and I trust that you'll have a wonderful rest of your day, a blessed rest of your day, and can join us tomorrow as we once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.